Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the Toasty Warm Campfire. <laughs> Thank you for such a great introduction every week, Mark. I'm yeah. Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. We got to go camping again. Yay! Yeah, we've been doing a lot of camping close to home, you know, a couple hours, couple, three hours from home, yep. which has been pretty slick. And this time we actually met up with a couple of other campers and we caravaned to our campground. Yes, it was a parade of trailers. <laughs> it was a parade of trailers. There were four of us. And I finally figured out why Tony bought four walkie-talkies instead of two when the time came to buy them. Yeah. There were four of us caravanning, as Peggy said, and we we're going over a two-lane mountain road through the Redwoods, an old, I think it used to be a logging road. It's now paved. It's Highway 20, essentially, <laughs> from where we are in Lake County out to the coast. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of people behind you. You want to keep in touch. And so I gave everybody a walkie-talkie. Yeah. So we had one person with a little bit of light trouble. We had the person in front, the person in back. So all four of us were able to have a walkie-talkie and communicate and know when we needed to all pull over and let the fast cars go by, know when somebody, <coughs> me, needed a potty break. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it was really helpful. We use the walkie-talkies, of course, all the time when we're hooking the truck up to the camper. We always need two, and I didn't really understand why we bought four, and now I do. Well, one of the reasons also is we used to put on car yeah. shows. So we needed walkie-talkies for those, too. No car shows this year. Nope. But you might say, well, I already have have a phone and in fact our new phones and watches have a walkie-talkie feature on they do them. as long as you're in cell signal exactly <laughs> yeah over this little mountain road no matter what service you're on you ain't getting any service <laughs> right and while we were at camp we had absolutely no phone service no whatsoever our friends did that have different service than us luckily the campground had some wi-fi so we were able to use that but at first tony and i thought our phones were just bricks fancy cameras. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like walkie-talkies. They always work. They go a eh, fairly decent distance. Yeah. You don't have to look at them. Like a phone, if you want to, obviously, if you want to send a text message or whatever, right. which you should not do driving right. and especially not pulling a travel trailer. Or even if you want to do it by voice, but you still have to find that person's name and yeah, or just go, hey, sh hey or... Shlomo, I don't want to say, <laughs> I do not want to summon the beast that house. lives in my phone. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, hey, you Shlomo, can. Oh, yeah. Please tell Peggy. And so many times, hey, Shlomo, tell Peggy, blah, 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 blah. I do not know who Peggy Barthel is. Stupid <laughs> We're not going to talk about Shlomo. So go and get you some walkie-talkies. They're pretty awesome. And if you have a family, maybe get one for each member so that... I mean, the kids are going to roll their eyes. Oh, my God, Dad, like a walkie-talkie. I don't want to communicate with you. Why do all you? kids live at the beach? Every kid in Tony's world is a valley girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how they were growing up. Well, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, they're Lake super handy. Tilly. They're nice to have around camp. 
They're nice to have if you're caravanning to camp and they're great to have if you're yelling at each other in the backup <laughs> process and you don't want the whole entire camp to hear. Right. <laughs> and the ones we bought have rechargeable batteries. They charge up by USB and on our solar panels, we have a USB out and mm-hmm. we can charge the walkie talkies in the sun. Right. So it's kind of cool. We'll put a link in the old notes de shoe. Ooh. I know, they're sponsor. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, we have a fabulous guest for you today that I'm so excited to have you here. And she not only is going to talk about full-time RVing, she's also going to come back and talk about her favorite destinations. So Yeah, some of the challenges that she has faced full-time RVing. But wait. There's more. (laughs) We also got to be on her podcast, so we'll put a link to that. So we'll be right back after this, and we'll talk to Cindy. Remember that time we followed our GPS and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground? Yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on stresslesscamping.com where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now Now that's Stressless Stressless Camping. We are so very pleased and honored to welcome Cindy from Senders Travels and from the Locals Know Best podcast. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Talk all things RV. Cindy and her husband are full-time RVers. They write for Cinder's Travels, but also for Thor. She writes content for them. So she's out there telling the story of the full-time RV life. And so we wanted to talk to her about some of the pluses and minuses of living full-time in an RV. Full-time RV life, there's always things kind of going wrong, it seems. And (laughs) I say this not trying to scare first-timers. I just think people should be prepared that it is going to be a different way of life. You are going to deal with, you know, if you were a super craftsy, hands-on person in your previous home life, not in an RV, then you're going to be better equipped. But if you weren't like my husband and myself, you are going to be learning constantly. And that's okay. <laughs> that sounds like our B&B experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think really, yeah, like building any business, starting anything new, you're just always learning, right? Well, and then RVs, I mean, a home too. Like we presently in our sticks and bricks, we have an entire room that is just studs and there's always something to fiddle with. And so sometimes that can really be a challenge, especially right now, there is a huge parts shortage in the RV industry. Yes, there is. And so if your water heater breaks or your heater heater breaks, you could be waiting quite some time to get a new one. 
Yes, I try my best to talk about the good, bad, and the ugly. And even <laughs> maybe the ugly a little too much. I probably should talk about the good a little bit more often, but I try to talk about it all. You know what? But the honesty is good because people that don't know, if they only hear good stuff and then they go, okay, I'm going to be a full-timer and they get out there and they be like, no one ever told me this could happen. Right. If people are making the plan to do this, it's good to be fully armed with a lot of knowledge and not just one-sided. Well, that's the kind of thing. So as we're talking here, we are obviously recording because you're listening to us. And a lawnmower guy keeps going by Cindy's <laughs> fifth wheel and distracting. And those are the kind of... So those are the small adversities, the ones that you can figure out a, a way to get out of really easily. But if you have something kind of more major than that, then you have to be a little more creative to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. What kind of challenges would you say somebody should prepare for if they are thinking of going full-time on the road? Just try to be as patient with yourself as possible and understand that you are going to need to keep learning new things and that it, that's okay. Uh, some of the biggest things that have happened to us, like our antenna flew off the roof while we were oh. driving down the road. <laughs> we have no idea what happened to it. I hope it didn't like hit somebody. We've never seen it again. So we had to get a new one. You weren't anywhere near the 11 foot eight bridge, were you? Were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was about a year maybe a year and a half ago, and we went through the battle to get a new one. We just got the letter that they recalled it, finally. Oh, <laughs> oh man. My gosh. Like, right after we got the new one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, just things like that. We've had our converter go bad. We've had to get a new one. But, you know, when this thing went bad, I hate to say this, but, like, we didn't even know what a converter was. Like, we were so new to all of this. Oh, I have a great embarrassing story, actually. Oh, <laughs> the first three days of RV life, the camping world let us stay there and move in and set up. They were so wonderful to us. And first of all, we got in our first accident without ever moving the RV. Somebody hit us in the parking lot. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but it wasn't that bad. They just took off some of the awning parts, but it was just hilarious. And then the second part is it, we were in Pittsburgh and it was 19 degrees. We were moving in in the snow. And they were so wonderful. They set everything up for us. They had power running, the propane running, everything. Well, the propane ran out in the oh. first three days. And we were silly enough to not understand that, like, that wasn't electricity heating our home. You know, I, I don't know why. I guess we never dealt with propane tanks before. So we never put this together. And so the last night there in 19 and then less uh we ran out of propane oh, and we didn't know how to man. get new propane and the camping world was closed and so we just went to walmart and bought a space heater and just like <laughs> plugged it in you know and it's just things like that like we'd never dealt with propane tanks before yeah those are the things you learn and sometimes you're lucky enough to learn them by reading about them or something but or listening to the stressless or camping listening podcast. to the stressless <laughs> camping podcast but sometimes you just learn by living them. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So for work on the road, you are predominantly a writer, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, I write for a few different companies and my own blog. And then I also do social media, digital media management for some companies as well, you know, helping with Instagram and Facebook and all of these kind of things. So finding reliable internet on the road is probably one of your biggest nightmares and I'm surprised your hair isn't all gray. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally true. And to be honest, when I started on the road, 
I was doing a lot more video editing jobs. My background is 15 years in media, mostly in television and films. And I was doing a lot of video editing for clients and the files going back and forth were, it was very hard to find a good speeds to be doing that. And it actually kind of converted what I was doing. So I could be even like the podcast instead of videos. So I can be working with smaller file sizes, but still doing what I love. Yeah. Yeah. We still haven't really caught up with data speeds yet for large file transfers. You're right. Like some of these vloggers, I don't see how they can pull it off. Yeah. I think they're spending a lot of time in Starbucks or McDonald's (laughs) or seriously. Yeah, I think you're right. Those are the places with the best internet that you could find on the road. We have a Verizon hotspot that we were lucky enough to get grandfathered into after they kind of stopped the unlimited thing. Good. And we have two AT&T hotspots that are on our phones. And so we chose to have those separate so we'd have different options. So you guys were just guests on my podcast and my husband and I were both operating off the Verizon hotspot and it wasn't enough. We got shut down on our recording. So I had to switch to the AT&T one and he's on the Verizon one. (laughs) That is a great tip because sometimes you'll be in an area where the AT&T is exceptional and sometimes where the Verizon is exceptional and it's not always the same. And even if the whatever tool you use to determine the level of coverage in advance, that doesn't always translate into real world (laughs) I can actually use this. Yeah, I should say also we do have a Wii Boost and it helps tremendously. It amplifies the signal and it helps with phone calls and the internet. Yeah, we have that too. And our internet connectivity on the road is almost identical to yours. Yeah. Right down to the Wii Boost, it makes a big difference. So Wi-Fi on the road is probably one of the bigger challenges to full timing. It's the number one thing that makes me lose my mind. I hate to say that, but when we park somewhere and it isn't working i'm like we have to move we have to find something else i can't function and and that's the difference between this lifestyle is not a full-time vacation we do have to function as people still right and so if i'm going to be outside of service for a week then i am going on vacation for a week and i better be prepared to be on vacation that week right yeah Yeah. and that's kind of our advantage of being part-time is we scramble and do as much catching up and getting ahead while we're at our sticks and bricks so that when we do go somewhere, if we don't have the connectivity, then, eh, well, we'll catch up when we get home. But when it's full time, you are home. <laughs> You're not going to get home to catch up. It's super important to make sure you have space separation, that you can feel like you have an office space. You can feel like you have a dinner space. You can feel like you have a play space. Yeah, we've found that really important on the road. Yeah. So as a full-timer, what's it like to find places to park your rig and work from home? And do you miss having community around you? Community-wise, our community has changed. Our community is much more digital. And so many people are dealing with that this year anyways. Yeah. So if anything, I just feel like we got a jump start on that before everyone else in some weird ways. Even, you know, being locked in a small 400 square feet space, we got a jump start on as opposed to now lots of families are doing that because they have to. Yeah. So I think community is digital. We find those people and we interact with people regularly that way. But yes, I so much miss, you know, on your recording for my podcast, you talked about being part of your community and how you felt like you could help that area. 
And I miss that feeling. I would love to have a part-time area we can be where I can feel like I'm part of that community and I'm helping that community grow. And that's what we're going to be spending a lot of 2021 looking for. That's what we've honestly been spending this whole time looking for, (laughs) but we have it more narrowed down. We're pretty set on the Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia area. And that's where we're going to be spending a lot of next year. So that's one of the advantages as a full-timer is you can find a place that suits your way of being and your way of life and the values that you have personally, that is a good advantage to full-timing. I know when we travel, it seems like everywhere we go, we say, oh, we should move here. (laughs) Yeah. I want to live here. But, you know, we know that we have a house and this is where we're coming back to. And and maybe someday we might move, you know, but right now we're pretty settled. But to be in your lifestyle where you get to move around and say, oh, no, really, seriously, this is where we should move. (laughs) That was a big part of why we took off was to find that place. I have this history in the media industry. And so I grew up in Michigan, but then I moved a lot for jobs. I moved to New York and then I moved to Los Angeles and then I moved to Austin and then we moved to Pittsburgh and it was constant. And it gets very expensive and draining to be moving your life around each place. And There were parts that we attached to of each place. Well, I didn't meet my husband till Austin, but there were parts that I loved in each spot. But the big cities at a certain point started not feeling right. Mm -hmm. And we would fly to these bigger cities, but there was so much beyond them that I felt like we kept missing on a lot of our trips. And so this was all about like, what about the rest of all those places? Like, you know, once you land in the airport, like what about the cities beyond the city of the airport? (laughs) That's a really good observation. And what was your decontenting of your life like? Because usually when I hear people have moved to full-time RVing, the first thing they say is, and I had to get rid of all my stuff or (laughs) some of my stuff or, you know, that decluttering of one's life. What was that process like? Yeah, we had moved so much that we didn't have a ton of stuff, but we did have, so our last Sticks and Bricks was in Pittsburgh. It was about 1,100 square feet house. And you know, we had things like kayaks and couches and all of these things. We, we also got married about a month before we took off. So we also had everything for the wedding in our space as well. And we spent that next month after we got married listing everything on Facebook, Craigslist, wherever we could. And it was just a rotating wheel of people <laughs> coming through the house and just getting everything until it was mostly gone. And then we do have what is this? I think it's a 10 by 15 storage unit by my husband's father. And that has like, you know, the stuff you just can't part with the family things, the things that you're like, someday we'll want these again. So we do have that still. Yeah. And it's expensive. I wish we didn't have it, but we do. And it's important. <laughs> yep. And I perceive that moving to full-time RVing was more your idea than your husband's. 100%. I worked on him for years. <laughs> <laughs> was there a final straw that finally convinced him to follow your vision? This is a little bit of a sad story, but his mom got sick, which is part of the reason we moved to Pittsburgh. And we expected to be there for a long time. We got jobs. I found a media job. He found another job and she passed away very quickly. And then we questioned a lot of things after that of what are we waiting for? You know, I was ready and he just came home from work one day and there's this book. I kept trying to get him to read 
written by Heath and Alyssa. Oh, yeah. yeah. About starting off full timing. And I kept trying to give that to him. And he came home with it printed one day in a binder and was like, I'm ready. Like, let's do this. Wow. And it just happened one day. But I think that was the catalyst in his life that made him personally ready. Yeah. Heath and Alyssa have really been great advocates of the full-time lifestyle and also enablers of helping people figure out how to make money on the road with the RV Entrepreneur podcast and the whole presence that they have. So they have been terrific examples of that. Of course, now their next step is to buy a campground for Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is something we've thought about too. I mean, I think I'm kind of like you guys in the way of I always want to start a new business and I'm always trying to find like <laughs> what next fun thing I want to purchase. Like yeah. when, when you talked about spontaneously purchasing this railroad resort, I could totally relate to that. I was like, that sounds like something I'm going to do someday. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I will caution anybody who wants to buy a campground or buy a resort is you get a deal with the public. Yeah. And I'd say mm-hmm. 85% of the time, that's just great. Any business endeavor is going to be so much work. Sure. So. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so have there been other challenges you found in the full-time life that maybe people wouldn't be aware of looking at it from the outside? Gosh, I don't want to harp on this too much. I know we've already kind of talked about it. We've had lots of things fall apart. Seriously, lots of things I didn't even mention. These things that we live in and call home are not constructed like a home. You know, just going through Montana earlier this year, a weld in the bottom came off and it ruined all sorts of stuff along with it. And we lost our tires and well, one tire, one tire blew up, but the rest all got ruined. We literally just had to pull aside to the side of the road. And we were there for four days trying to find a tow that wow. could come wow. because we were literally in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I feel I can safely say this after speaking to about 12 people in Montana about this. Every single person is like, you were in Wisdom, Montana? Like, there is nothing there. And <laughs> we know that now. <laughs> yes, We tried for three days with AAA and with Progressive. So we have Progressive full-timer insurance. And then we also have AAA mostly for the truck, but we do have an RV policy with them. And neither of them could find us anyone. Wow. They both wow. at the end, after three and a half days said, you're going to have to find someone and we'll reimburse you. And, you know, that's hard when you're trying to just be a human and work and, you know, follow your somewhat plan of where you're going next. And all of a sudden, we're going nowhere. You're sitting yeah. on the side of the road until someone can come get you. There's just a lot of flexibility you have to have in RV life and patience with yourself and the endeavor <laughs> of this life. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is look at the bigger picture and not the little things all the time because that can drive you crazy. Yeah. And I think that's what we hear a lot, you know, have a plan obviously, but be ready to let that plan kind of fall apart and don't, (laughs) you know, and I mean, some personalities maybe can't even do it. Like you can't handle having to sit on the road for four days, right? you know, and it takes, I think it takes a, a certain person to do it. And probably those people who know they couldn't do it are not people who are dreaming about full-timing anyway. They may not be German. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so important to look at the things that are going right and that are amazing. It's important to remember, you know, even when we were on the side of the road, it was snowing in the woods. It was beautiful. (laughs) We had our brand new little kitten with us and she was watching the snow out the window like, 
it's just important to remember, like, man, if I was still living in one of these big cities, I wouldn't be seeing this. And this might stink what we're going through right now, but at least it's beautiful all around us. And you had mentioned that one of the drivers for you was seeing beyond the city and your podcast, Locals Know Best, has allowed you the opportunity to see some of those places. Oh, my gosh. So many. Yes. And the podcast has even opened more doors because I keep talking to more people in new areas I never even knew about. In your guys' area, I've known about Guerneville. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We were just up there. Yeah, but I didn't know about the Lake County area until we just spoke. Well, that was us. We honeymooned from Southern California in Anderson Valley, which is, you know, 45 minutes from here. We could have practically walked from where we honeymooned to this place we never (laughs) even heard of. And we would have slept in a train on our honeymoon if we had known. Yeah. And the Instagram narrative around it is so beautiful, right? It's so easy for us these days to fall into that trap of looking at, well, I shouldn't say trap, to fall (laughs) into like thinking of it that way and to forget about everything else that's involved. I think that's really easy to fall into with all sorts of things with social media these days. Yeah, One of the things I've seen a lot on Instagram is people standing on top of their RVs in beautiful places. And I can tell you, I have never stood on top of my (laughs) RV in beautiful places. We've been in beautiful places, but... It's so funny because we just set up that photo. Oh, We just did that. (laughs) I was thinking like, this is so funny that this is something that people do, but it makes sense. But we We've very rarely climbed on top of our RV. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tony doesn't like even ladders, so he's not going to climb on top of his RV. The only other time we've gone up there for a photo was in Monument Valley. We went up to get everything behind us because it was so awesome. (laughs) Well, and you're supposed to go up there periodically and check the seals. Yeah. Yes, we do. We we do go up there for maintenance reasons. (laughs) Right. So, well, while you're up there, you might as well take a picture. Might as well take some pictures. And then post it on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, okay, so when you go on your roof and you're fixing your seals or looking into your seals, you're probably in sweatpants and like a tank top or something, right? (laughs) I mean, you're not like beautiful with your hair done and makeup on and everything. Right. Well, not that you would be, Tony, but he he always looks beautiful. (laughs) I don't know about that. One of the things you're advocating is, of course, now we are thrown into the reality of having our community be online more than anything else. There is a good community of RVers who may share your style and your passions and and your vision. Where would you find people like that? That's a great question. I've found them in a combination of online and in real in-person meetings. And obviously that's harder right now because groups such as escapees and Heath and Alyssa's group that they put together their summit. These are places traditionally when we started, we found people, but now online, I would still recommend Facebook groups and things like that. Heath and Alyssa have a Facebook group too, called the RV entrepreneur, just like his podcast. And Instagram is another really good one too. And, And it might feel for some of us, it's really natural to go on and message these people and talk to these people. But for some of us, it's not. And I would just encourage the people that that's not natural for to go for it. Because there are still humans on the other side of these accounts, mostly, usually. (laughs) And we all want to engage with people. And some people will latch on to what you're going to say and some people won't. And that's fine. So I would really encourage messaging some of these people that you feel like you would get along with on these social media platforms right now. And then when COVID's done, 
go to some of these in life events because they're amazing. The RVE summit, we made so many of our RV friends at that summit. We had intended to go this year. And then of course, you know, (laughs) that was one of our planned trips was to go to the RV Entrepreneur Summit. And we just didn't. But another place that we enjoy is Quartzsite. And that's a huge in-person gathering. And we're crossing our fingers and we're going. And we have a booth again this year. There are groups that show up that are the same group year after year. And like last year, we got to camp with Janine Pettit from Girl Camper. I believe Robert Morales from Traveling Robert will come and join us this year. But we were also in a group of escapees. Yeah, we were in a group from escapees and they brought monster telescopes. It was super cool. And they brought a movie screen. So it was a big party in the desert. So who knows what it'll be like this year. I know a lot of people won't actually be able to come. So it should be down in attendance, but you never know. It's interesting you bring up Quartzsite because I just got a message two days ago from a friend that I've made through Instagram. Actually, I made I met them in an in-person event, but we've stayed connected through Instagram and they just asked me if I was going to Quartzsite. <laughs> it's funny, two people talking about it within days. Yeah, and if you like warm weather, that's the place to be in January. Yeah. It's summer in January. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's one of the pros of all of this, right? Is that we get to follow the beautiful weather. Right. Yeah. That's that's one of the biggest pros of full-time RV living, in my opinion. Tony likes to quote the Jimmy Buffett line, going where the weather suits his clothes. Absolutely. Because he has like two pairs of long pants. Yeah. (laughs) Long pants are wrong. We just had to buy my husband pants. He didn't have pants. We have a winter camping trip that we do at the beach for Christmas, and I just bought line pants. It's so sad. (laughs) He's got flannel line pants coming so he can stay warm. (laughs) Uh, You'll be happy you have them, though. So, Cindy, I know that you just got, you said, a puppy and a kitten and you already had a full-grown cat. So talk a little bit about the challenges of full-timing with not one, not two, but three pets and two of them babies. Yeah. So when we started full-timing, we had two elderly cats that I got in college, have been with me forever. And it's been very different. So starting with those two, they were like, what the heck is our life now? (laughs) Like we've lived for 13 years in a house and now we're going in and out of trucks and campers, but they loved looking out the window. They were pretty good for the most part. My one cat vodka loved to sit next to Barrett on the little seat next to him and just watch out the front window. She was like his little (laughs) co-pilot. So basically we lost her earlier this year and the place that we took her to in the end had this little kitten that's sitting over here looking at me. <laughs> and we couldn't say no because we, we just had this big hole to fill all of a sudden. Yeah. But we still have the other cat. And then that same week, we have been on lists for years to get a corgi because we really wanted a corgi. We used to house sit one and we loved them. And so that same week, we got a message that there was a corgi for us. <laughs> oh, boy. When it rains, it pours. Huh? <laughs> yes. So a lot of emotions. So now we have a two-month-old corgi and a six-month kitten and a 14-year-old, almost 14-year-old cat. And it is wild right now. I mean, like our living room has turned into a playpen because they're so young. <laughs> yeah. Having pets on the road, it just brings a whole nother level to things you're responsible for as, you know, any pet owner at a home or anyone 
anywhere has. You know, we can't have the cats in the fifth wheel when we're traveling, obviously. So we had to have a nice setup in the truck for them. We quite literally have a crew cab truck because of our pets. (laughs) We had to get the extra room for them so they were comfortable. You know, with cats, you have to have a litter box. And we have basically sacrificed our shower to the cats. (laughs) Not that we don't shower. I was wondering. (laughs) We we don't shower in here as often as most RVers do. We tend to attract toward places that have showers that we could go use, which has become kind of interesting in COVID because a lot of the places are self-contained. So now there's a lot of moving the litter stuff in and out of the shower so we can use a shower in here. But it's things like that. It just adds like a little extra. Now with the puppy, also we have to go outside like every other hour because he just (laughs) constantly has to pee. So... You have to kind of navigate it. But if you love these pets, you're going to do what you have to do to have them with you. Right. You are somebody who likes to explore and are an active person. Have you ever felt having a pet has restricted that because you can't take them with you because of whatever, wildlife or the conditions? And so you're limited because they're back there in the RV or is that not an issue at all? That's a great question and really different with cats versus dogs, obviously. And that's part of why we waited so long to get a dog. When we had just the cats, they obviously can stay in the camper. But you have to be able to depend on electricity, which we're not always in the situation where we can. So if we're in a situation where we're running off a generator or we're boondocking, they very rarely get left alone. And if they do, not for a very long period of time, because we're just always nervous about how the temperature can change. That being said, we do follow the good temperature. So generally, if we leave the windows open, it will be pretty okay on the inside, but we take it really seriously. And then if we do have dependable power, if we're plugged in at an RV park, we have had a time where we've left up to one week. And as long as we have the Wi-Fi going, We have a camera and a temperature sensor that helps us monitor them from afar. And anytime we're plugged in, we can be using the temperature sensor. And really, the camera and the temperature sensor are great ways to monitor them from afar, whether we're gone for a few hours or a week. It's just really helpful to know. And then the temperature sensor lets us know if it goes above a certain degree amount, below a certain degree amount, or we get an alert if the power goes out. And so then we know to head back and go check on them. So those are just some of the precautions we take with the pets, because, of course, we took on this responsibility of having them with us. So we want to take care of them. We want to make sure they're always going to be safe in our home. And it just is a little extra challenge. It takes a little bit more work in an RV than it would in a house. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, you can't leave a dog for a week because whole different right. thing. Yeah, with the dog. Now, the main thing, we visit a lot of national parks, especially this year. It's been a great year to go explore the national yes. parks. We were aware that getting the dog was going to really change that for us. And it has. It's going to restrict some of the places we can go. We were kind of ready for that challenge, but we're so new to the dog still. I can't fully speak on how we're tackling that yet. (laughs) We're still in learning phase. So as a full-timer, have you found now with the increased number of people who are RVing extra challenges in finding spots? Has that been something you've come across? Yeah, it so much depends on where you're going. If you're going to go to a spot that everybody knows about, like Zion, you are going to face challenges. It is going to be harder to find a spot. But if you're going to, what's a great example? Oh, we went to Voyagers National Park in the fall this year, which is the best time to go to the very top of Minnesota. It was beautiful. And 
we were in this campground and there was like no one else there. Huh. There's still tons of spots if you go to places off the beaten path. Right. But if you're going to the really popular places, there are a ton of RVers out right now. And I highly recommend reservations and trying the planet as much as you can. One more example I can give is we come to Florida for the winters because my family's here and we're not very big on reservations anymore these days, but we book out Florida because right. yeah, oh, Florida yeah. in December, January and February, there's not a lot of options of where to go. So you just have to be flexible and say like, okay, these things I need to pre-plan, but this spot isn't as popular. So I probably don't have to pre-plan it as much. Right. And sometimes those not as popular destinations are some of the best positive surprises for sure yeah we loved voyagers all right well we appreciate your time we're gonna be back in just a minute we want to ask you of a great destination that people should visit that they may not really know about so we'll be back in just a minute with cindy and she's gonna tell us where to go (laughs) (laughs) sounds good we know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today Well, we're back with Cindy. And one of the neat things is with her podcast, Locals Know Best, which you should subscribe to because it's really well done. We're going to ask her of a place we just have to go as RVers. Where would you like us to visit? Okay, I'm having a really hard time narrowing this down. I'm actually (laughs) going to give you three. Ooh, okay, okay, that's good. My number one all-time favorite spot that we found on the road is called Winding River Resort. It's in Grand Lake, Colorado. It literally has a walking path from the campground into Rocky Mountain National Park, but the west side, the less visited side of Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh, It's called the Never Summer Mountains area, I believe. So it does get cold there all the time, kind of. It it snowed when we were there in June, actually. Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) But all the rest of the days were beautiful. You just have to kind of be prepared for that to possibly happen. But it is this beautiful campground that has a little animal farm. It has horses and horseback riding that you can go into the national park on. You can just take a day hike into the park from there. It was such a hidden gem. I just don't know a lot of people in the RV community who go to this RV park. And it was beautiful. We loved it. Hey, I love when we come across these hidden sort of secret places. And I love that your secret hidden place is just hours from my mom's house. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, guess what? <laughs> Maybe we can get there when we next time we visit my family. Well, you know, we found that totally by accident, which is the best way to find these things. We've been trying to find a lake town to live by for the last two years. And Grand Lake is right there. And we were like, okay, well, what's the closest campground to Grand Lake? Let's go spend a couple weeks there. 
And we just totally plopped into this campground accidentally, but it's beautiful. And yeah, you can take horseback rides just from, oh, and one of the best parts, the horses, some of the horses wander around freely throughout the day. I have pictures (laughs) of the cats looking out the window, like straight at a horse, just eating the grass. I mean, it's so cool. That's really cool. (laughs) <laughs> kind of the same way we have deer that wander around here but <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean it's rocky mountain national park there were deer there's elk there was a moose sure. there one day i mean beautiful i almost hit a moose in that park one time <laughs> 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 with my grandfather's car <laughs> they also i think have atving in the back that you can go up this trail that's straight from the campground they have other hiking trails from in the national forest that you can go straight up hiking i mean tons of possibilities there that's awesome that, that sounds, sounds like a place for a us place to, to go. Yeah. But you had mentioned three. Yeah. Okay. I won't talk as much about the other two, <laughs> but this one, I just kind of have to say, it's one of our favorite places we ever went. It's the Mount Rushmore KOA at Palmer Gulch. I don't know if anybody's ever talked about this. It's a KOA resort. It's like going to Disney for RVers. It's, oh. They have a little town. They also have horses. I love horses. <laughs> they have like a little town with a coffee shop and wine tasting and uh, people out playing music by the fire, a pizzeria, a bunch of pools, adult only and kid pools, uh, slides and bouncy pads, which wow. I made full use of both. And in the summer, they have a rodeo. They're at the KOA. Huh. Holy cow. And I don't think they did it this year but hopefully next year but i will say it was a spur of the moment decision and they had one space and it was the most expensive space there and so we (laughs) stayed for two nights but it was a lot of money and we are usually pretty cheap so it was a splurge but it's an awesome park just so much fun to be had that sounds that sounds good (laughs) that's two horse related yeah things yeah (laughs) yeah i really love horses one of my dreams is to have a horse eventually but just so much to do there you never have to leave but also, you do want to leave, of course, because there's all of the Custer State Park and Mount Rushmore and everything right there, too. So a lot to do in the area as well. Right. And then you had mentioned the third one. So we're going to twist your arm and find out yes. where that is. The third one we just found recently. It's Wooden Frog Campground. It's a state park, actually. And this one isn't as fancy as the other two. No power poles or anything. But it is right across the water from Voyagers National Park. And gosh, it was so cheap. I think it was like 15 bucks a night or so. So there is a little oh, yeah. bit. It's a state park. You're going to pay. Right. But you are right on the water. You can rent a canoe from the gas station right down the street. You can canoe all around these little islands. I don't know if you know much about Voyagers National Park, but it's full of all these little islands. And it's a lot of you need a boat to get to some of the hikes. They're across the water. Okay. And so we rented a canoe and kept it at our campsite. And it's like a couple miles. It's not like for the faint of heart canoe ride. <laughs> but this year it was a little challenging because their tour boats weren't running because of COVID. So you could either hire a local or get the canoe. And we did hire a local one day to take us across to the longest one. But the other ones, I was cheap and I wanted the canoe. And (laughs) it's just beautiful around there. You can canoe straight from the campsite and go to a national park. And I kid you not, both hikes we did on the other side, we were the only humans. We saw no other people. Wow. And that is something that 
with the popularity of RVing, you don't see as much. So that's a that's a huge plus. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty <laughs> a little eerie because <laughs> we were wondering if, you know, there there are moose and bear and, and animals up there that we were a little nervous about. But beautiful experience. I highly recommend going there in fall to any RVer. That sounds great. Sounds yeah. awesome. So three great places. Well, Cindy, it is such a pleasure to spend time with you and to get to know you. And we really appreciate your time with us today. Thank you. You. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. It was great hanging out with you. Yeah, it really was. I hope our paths cross in the real world at some point. Yeah. So. Well, we sure appreciate Cindy's being here, telling us about RV life and about her pets and about her favorite destinations. I've followed her for a while and it was great getting to know her a little bit better. <laughs> I have something. As you know, I'm writing <laughs> I'm writing more and more also over on RV Travel, RV Reviews, and also Gadget Reviews. And I got to write a review of a snow bike. It's basically <laughs> a set of tracks that replace the rear wheel on your bicycle and a snowboard that replaces the front wheel on your bicycle. And then this company also makes e-bikes. So there's this battery system so that it's essentially an electric snowmobile. Wow. That you make out of your bike. And it's just, I don't know how many people are going to want to buy this thing. It's like three grand for just the kit. But it's kind of fun. It is fun to at least look at. So (laughs) I'll put a link in the show notes because it's just different. It's... (laughs) I would enjoy... Well, first, I'd have to be in the snow. Right. So first, we'd have to buy $3,000 worth of warm clothing. Yeah. And then (laughs) take my bike and another $3,000 worth of stuff added to it. But I mean, what the heck? You know, it's fun to look at. It's kind of (laughs) like looking at a Rolls Royce. It's like, well, I'm not going to buy one, but I'm going to at least sit in the dark thing. They're fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If there's snow near you and you just happen to come across an extra three grand and you were like... Gosh, I really wish I could ride my bike, but it's snowing. There you go. You can do it. <laughs> Maybe you'll want to tell a friend about that. Maybe you'll want to tell a friend about your snow bike. Maybe you'll want to tell a friend about Cindy's favorite destinations. And maybe you'll want to tell a friend that Cindy has some ideas for you about full timing. Maybe you'd just like to tell a friend that you like Tony and Peggy. I don't know. Last week, we had the good fortune of thanking somebody for a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts. And we have another one this That's week. Right. Baroness Alfreda, thank you so thank much you for the for kind your words. Review. We really appreciate them. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, gosh, the reviews really help us get the word out and tell people about this podcast. So helps us, helps you help us get better help guests. Help us help you help us. Yeah, it works <laughs> (laughs) for everybody so we sincerely appreciate your reviews on anywhere you listen to podcasts but especially apple Podcasts. they make a big deal of these reviews so thank you for those that's right and if you want to continue to hear all the episodes of stressless camping don't forget that it's free Free. to subscribe on any podcast (laughs) app we are saving a seat for you around our virtual campfire and of course you can find all the other things that we talk about at www.stresslesscamping.com and from there you can jump off to all the social places and you can even listen to the podcast right there on the website. Isn't that cool? Thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed visiting with Cindy as much as we did. Maybe you're going to go get yourself a snow bike or maybe relax and enjoy a fireplace. Whatever it is, we appreciate <laughs> your like being me. here with us. Yeah, that would be Peggy. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again this week and happy, happy camping. camping.
We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!